Absolutely. So, Michelle, maybe you'll help me understand what literary fiction is. I listened to that podcast uh, at, that you sent out on this book, and I'm kind of scratching my head trying to figure out why this book would be considered literary fiction. So I guess I just don't understand what it is. Uh, I, I, I got my echo to, to define the term, and it's like they were contrasting fiction that has literary value with typical commercial fiction. I thought, hmm, I'm not really sure how they determine that. So uh, anything you can do to enlighten me would be appreciated. Thanks. Um, well, <laughs> I don't know if I'm an expert in this area, but um, I think that commercial fiction is usually what they call genre fiction. So it tends to be things like mysteries or suspense books or romances. I think that's how they often define commercial things. And a lot of times fiction that isn't necessarily in one specific genre, that's more of, let's say, a character-driven story or a story that deals with certain kind of themes. Um, they call that literary fiction. I, I tend to think of literary fiction, honestly, as fiction that's just really well-written. And, you know, commercial books can also be very well-written as well. So I don't know that there's any hard and fast rules, but I, I know it has something to do with if a book fits neatly within a certain genre. Um, this book, I would probably call it family story or human relations. That's probably the, what I would put it in. But I don't know that there's really a genre of family stories or human relations. So that maybe that's why they're calling it the podcast, I think, was called Literary Atlanta, and I think it's just because it's based in Atlanta and it deals with books. So I think that's where that, that title came from. Well, thanks. That's helpful. That's helpful. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of like you. If, it, if a book's well-written, uh, th then, I'll, then I'll call it literary fiction, if it's fiction and stuff. So, uh, but th that, that helps with the genres and stuff, so thanks. Well, I just want to say hi to everybody, and, and I'm glad that everybody's here this evening. Um, so usually what we do is just in the beginning, I just give you a little bit of information about the author, and then we have a discussion. Um, and also, I made a list of the characters because there's a lot of characters in this story, and if you're like me, <laughs> you know, unless you read the book yesterday, you start forgetting characters' names. So um, why don't we get started? Um, this is the Fiction Old and New Book Group. And today is Friday, August 3rd, 2018. And tonight we're discussing uh, Laura Lee Smith's uh, second novel, which is called The Ice House. And here's a little information about the author. Uh, Laura Lee Smith lives in Florida with her husband and her two children. She works as a copywriter and project manager for Steinway & Sons Piano Company. She's written two novels. Uh, Heart of Palm, which came out in 2013, and tonight's book, The Ice House, which was published in 2017. She's also published uh, short stories in different uh, literary journals, and one of her short stories was included in the 2015 edition of Best American Short Stories. And one interesting thing that I read about this novel was that the character of Johnny McKinnon was inspired by her grandfather, uh, whose name was Johnny Rohde, who emigrated from Glasgow, Scotland to Florida in 1924, and he built a business there, but I don't think it was an ice factory. And her grandfather told her uh, many stories of life in Scotland. So let me just go over the names of the characters just to refresh everybody's memory. Um, there was Johnny McKinnon, and his second wife was Pauline, and then there was also Claire, who was Pauline's assistant at the ice factory. And Claire's daughter was Rosa, and she worked as a receptionist at the ice factory. And there was also Roy, who I think was some type of engineer, also at the ice factory. And then um, there was Sharon, who was Johnny's first wife, who lived in Scotland, and then her second husband was, I believe his name was Tool, but I'm honestly not sure how to spell Tool. And um, Sharon and Johnny's son was Corin. And Corin had a daughter, Lucy, who was, uh, I think, a baby or a toddler. 
And then there was also uh, Dr. Tosh, who was the uh, neurologist. Um, and there was also Shamal, who was Johnny's neighbor, who went with him uh, to Scotland and was his driver. And then there was also Owen Vickers, who, you know, I guess we could talk about later. So um, why don't we see what everybody thought of the book? And if you'd like, you could tell us there were, there were so many characters in this story. If there was a particular character that you found, uh, you know, interesting or, or intriguing. Well, my brother lived, lives in Florida, but not in Jacksonville. He's over on the opposite end of the state. But Pauline reminds me kind of of him because of her love of running. He, my brother is also into running or he'll go to the gym and exercise. Of course, he's not into marathon running like Pauline was, but I, I thought I, I kind of felt a, a special connection to her. Uh, this is Alan. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed this book. I thought I thought the characters were really interesting, I, and I like stories like this with the with human relationships and stuff. And I have to say, Shamal was my favorite character. I, I really liked him. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I like. I've always liked young people anyway, and he just he seemed to be kind of like like a cast off somewhat. But he just had such a good mind, and he was he was always trying to puzzle stuff out, and he just. It didn't sound like he he got a much of a fair shake, and uh, uh, I, I like people that think, and, and uh, uh, he really kind of connected with Johnny. I thought that was I, I really enjoyed those scenes uh, between those two, and I, and I also I, I missed some of the names. I also liked the. Uh, I didn't hear. Alan started talking, and then he completely went out. Did anybody else have that problem? Yes, I just did. I came back in the room, and the recordings. Going, you know, do you want it to continue? Yes, I did. We just lost Alan there, and I couldn't get the key, no matter what I tried. Yeah, I had the same problem. I was just about to get out of the room when you started talking. So, Alan, if you want to try that again. Oh, sorry about that. I don't, I don't know what happened. Maybe this client. But I, I was saying that I really like Shamal because uh, I like young kids anyway, or younger kids, and uh, he, he didn't seem to get much of a fair shake with the adults and stuff, but. He was a real thinker, and I, I like the way he tried to, to come up with ideas and stuff. And I also like the uh, the older lawyer. I think that ended up maybe directing the cops to uh, to uh, uh, that drug house because uh, uh, he he had a lot of. Per- I think he must have been in his eighties. He had a lot of personality. And then also the older uh, African American guy that had been abused or had been mistreated by. Uh, Pauline's racist dad back in the day. So, uh, uh, but I, I really enjoyed the book. Alan's picking. This is Bob. Alan's picking some great characters. Shamal's wonderful. Uh, I worked with kids all my life, and he fits right in. And uh, uh, you know, the, uh, Ford was the guy that the, the racist father you know, broke his kneecaps or whatever he did. It was horrible. And uh, Sid was wonderful. I'm going to surprise all of you. Uh, a late bloomer was Roy. I, I liked Roy. He was texting to his daughter Ellie. He was wondering. I first wondered if he had broken into the uh, the ice house, but the ice house was his life, and I, I did him in, an injustice. Uh, Claire, I couldn't get a handle on it. a good a, a hassled mother supporting all those kids and screaming, and I'm glad that it looked like Roy and Claire were going to get together at the end. I must say, I, I, I have to be educated. It was well-written, good character development, but it was—it seemed lengthy to me. There were times when it just dragged. And uh, I think the thing that saved me was the stream of consciousness, Johnny's dreams and Corin's dreams and, and their thoughts, you know. And the best part I liked is when Johnny, I think he, correct me, I might have fallen asleep, when he said, I don't care if you stole the ring or not. I love you. You know, I don't care. And that, that he had to come to that. And one of my favorite characters was Tosh, the doctor in the wheelchair. I wish everybody had a doctor like Tosh. Thank you. Hi, this is Marcia, and I was thinking the same thing, Bob. I wish I had a doctor like Dr. Tosh because he he was a, he was a uh, he's a good guy. I'm still reading the book, but that's okay. As I always say, I don't care about spoilers. Um, I and I didn't find the book draggy at all. Um, and I like all the characters. They, they're just such colorful people, all of them. Um, and and um, I'm, I'm really glad I'm, I'm in the process of reading this book. I was hoping to be done 
by uh, by the meeting time here, but uh, it wasn't meant to be, so I'll just finish it up afterward. Yeah, as me as well. I really enjoyed this book. It was great, and definitely a character-driven novel. I mean, it did have a story, but it it wasn't um, you know it wasn't a, a huge tale. But the characters are fantastic. My I like Shamal as well. I thought he was a brilliant character. And um, like Bob, I did Roy an injustice. I thought he was going to end up be paying for his daughter to go through college, um, you know, by doing something wrong there. But um, no. But I like Pauline as well. I thought she was a great character. She was always just quietly there working away, and she's obviously having a bit of a midlife crisis as well. Um, you know, with all her running and... I felt so sorry for her when she thought that the young bloke fancied her and he turned around and said, oh, you remind me of me mum. And all the different things, you know, that she, she was running all the time. And, and I liked the way she kept in touch with uh, Corin as well through the Scrabble programme. That was clever. And they were great characters. And I, even even making the machines into sort of characters as well with all the names they had and the way they were always breaking down and old rust buckets and... I thought it was great, and you know, Sharon was she was a good character as well. There were so many good characters in it. I think that's what I really liked about it because they were all believable and different, and they all had their own problems. And um, you know, I felt sorry for Tool as well because he was, you know, he was going downhill, and um, that was quite sad when um, was it Johnny picked the phone up and just saw the the text message I'm lost, and he said he didn't know whether he meant in real life or just you know just generally. I thought it was a fantastic book. Uh, I'm in agreement with Bob as far as the story being too draggy. I found that too. I mean, it was okay in the beginning, but then as the plot developed, uh, there was a lot of narrative that may not have necessarily needed to be there. I mean, some of it, yes, was relevant to the story, but some of it was not. And, you know, when there's action, you really need to keep the action going and not... Uh, you know, throw in narrative because otherwise it just gets so frustrating. Like, well, what the heck? I don't care about that. I want to know what happens to these people, and I, you know, couldn't give a, a rat's uh, hindquarters about anything else at this point. So I did find that frustrating. I found the dream sequence kind of, or the stream of consciousness thing, kind of confusing. You know, after Johnny's admitted to the hospital, after he had, comes back and has a seizure, part of the problem was the narrator at that point wasn't using any of the accents he was just reading it like narrative and I was confused because I didn't know what exactly was going on uh, and I didn't realize it was both Johnny and Corin. but then I and I then I got confused I thought Johnny was talking about shooting up Skag and so I, I found that part kind of confusing maybe because of the way the narrator was reading it um, well I, I like the book a lot because I tend to like stories that are very character driven and I thought there were just a lot of really interesting characters and I thought she just portrayed the characters they were very distinct and to me they were very vivid um, I'm not somebody who needs a lot of plot I can actually read a book about a whole bunch of characters that are just sitting around talking or something like that and I'm perfectly happy with that so I don't really need the story to move I just need to be immersed into the story um, and so for me, I had, uh, my favorite character actually was Johnny. Um, I just loved him. I just thought he was just such an interesting man and the way he sort of dealt with things. And he was very cranky and stuff, but I thought he had a really sort of warm heart underneath. Um, many years ago, about, about 30 years ago, my mom actually had a brain tumor, a benign brain tumor. And... When I first read the beginning of the book and, and there was the whole thing about the tumor, I thought, oh, my God, what am I getting myself into here? And I'm glad that Dr. Tosh was in that part of the story because he sort of, you know, made it much more humorous and, and funnier than, than, you know, often often it is. Um, but I was absolutely terrified when he went on the plane and he went to Scotland. I, I knew that he wanted to try to reconcile with his son, but I just thought, oh, my God, you know, he's going to die and he's going to kill himself and he's going to have some kind of aneurysm or something like that. So for me, there was a lot of suspense with that part of the story. And also when they had the accident 
um, I didn't see that coming, that they had the car accidents and then, you know, they saved the baby and stuff like that. So that was like enough action for me, to be honest. Um, I agree with Shell. One of the funniest moments for me was when um, Pauline was thinking that Sam liked her, you know, in a sort of a romantic way. And, you know, then he says, oh, you remind me of your mother. And, you know, if you're a woman and you get to be a certain age, we've all had those experiences where we suddenly realize that, you know, we're not 25 years old anymore and that people look at us like we're older. So I thought that sort of, for me, really, really rang true. Um, and I also like the, um, I, I like the way that the relationship, the stubbornness sort of between Corin and Johnny, I thought that was really well portrayed that, you know, they really, both of them, you know, they were stubborn. I mean, they, they really were. Like, they just wouldn't give each other an inch. And um, and then she finds, of course, the ring at the end, which was never stolen. I mean, I guess it was understandable that they thought that he stole it. But um, I'm, I was glad that it turned out that, that he didn't. I liked the book, too. I found it interesting that you liked Johnny. I was going to ask people what they thought about him because I had a real love-hate relationship with him. I found him pretty annoying and didn't like him a lot. He was stubborn, and but he did have a heart of gold underneath. My favorite characters, too, were Jamal and um, Pauline also. I also was kind of disappointed that Vickers got let off scot-free and just sent on his way. I would have liked to seen him get in some trouble. And I also like the, the young... the bit about the young lawyer becoming chummy with Pauline and I was and with Johnny's away I was thinking oh my gosh they're going to have an affair and then he tells her uh, that he was interested in her because she reminds him of his mother I mean boy I tell you what a red herring <laughs> that was and I agree I, I, I would like to have actually seen Pauline have a bit more guts I mean she's so concerned about hurting her friendship with Claire that she's going to let this factory go down the drain just to keep Claire's daughter from being prosecuted I was kind of disgusted with her and I'm just thankful that uh, the you know meth house across the street got busted at that point because otherwise who knows what would have happened there I uh, was not happy with Pauline either I know the struggle but it seems to me it's simple the business must continue and I want to ask, I'm trying to think back to 18-year-olds. Could Rosa be that stupid to let him in? The lights go out, the power shorted for 9 or 10 minutes, the ammonia blows up or whatever, and she, oh, how wonderful, I love him. You know, I mean, uh, they really made her, I don't know, she's a blonde, and if anybody is, don't get insulted, but she was dumber than the dumbest blonde. I felt sorry for Pauline when Sam said that about, uh, you know, I really like you and, and I feel like we're, we're connected. I didn't know anyone down here and everybody just wants to work at the law firm and now nobody talks. And then when he said, you remind me of my mom. And then I thought, oh, honey, I know. I know how you feel, Pauline. Um, so I felt sorry for, for her, uh, that aspect. And now that I think about it, I guess my favorite two characters, it's really hard for me to pin characters down in this book, that you know, to, to choose a favorite. But I guess I would have to say my, my two favorite characters are Shamal and um, I guess Johnny. I mean, I really like Johnny. He was a crusty old coot, but, uh, but I liked him, you know. I mean, I knew that he had a heart of gold, but he could be very annoying and everything. Uh, but his bark was definitely uh, worse than his bite. So I guess I'd have to say those two are my favorites. Hi. I get to sp- speak. <laughs> um, I, I really enjoyed the book. Uh, again, like many of you, I I love character-driven books. Um, I'm more interested in developing relationships with the characters. Um, some books have had, you know, like the last one we read, uh, not in this group, but in a different group, I found to be real plot-driven, and it was just too plot-driven and not enough character development. So that wasn't as rich of an experience for me. Um, I liked the story. I loved the way it you know, ended. I, I like stories that end up, especially when it comes to family dramas with Happily Ever After. Um, I was kind of disappointed in Pauline, um, both in her handling of the ice, um, the the sabotage and and, and think when they were thinking that Claire Claire's daughter was really primarily involved and yes to answer uh, to answer Bob's question yes 18 year olds there are some 18 year olds that could be really that stupid um, 
let's face it, uh, you know, um, she was probably looking for a strong male role model. She hadn't had one in her life, so she was willing to overlook a whole lot of stuff. Um, I like Shamal. I liked Tosh. If I had a brain tumor, I would want somebody to take, you know, to kind of come across with as being very light, like, oh, this is no big deal, you know, we're going to get you in, we're going to take care of you. I would like somebody to to give me that hope. And I think that that's what that lightness and that, that kind of jovial attitude gave, um, not to mention his determination about making it through med school in a wheelchair and everything he had to do to get there. I, I, I really liked it. Um, yeah, so mm, I guess that's all I have for now. I liked Tosh as well. He was a great doctor, and it was interesting to have him in a wheelchair like that, and the you know the way Johnny felt when he first went in. But um, it's my understanding, really, I think though, that Pauline was just about to, um, you know, she was just about to say uh, about uh, Rosa and what she'd been doing just before they came in and said about the uh, the, the the bus that was going on. But I think she had decided to. Um, you know that that she had to save the ice house. You know, from what the from the, from the way it was worded, I think she was just about to to tell him about it. But um, but I didn't find that I didn't find the book dragged at all for me. I you know I thought it went quite quickly. I mean, it's a different sort of book. If you you know, it's not a plot driven book. I mean, if a book's supposed to have a really good plot and an action book, then I want it to jog along. But a book like this, it's it is all about characters and relationships you know it's it's not really to have that much of a of a plot but it did have its exciting bits and the, the thing i liked about it i i can't remember them now i made a mental note at the time and they've all gone out of my head but there were quite a few bits in the book where i just laughed out loud it, there were really really genuinely funny bits in the book as well which i thought kept it light and because uh, you know it's quite a serious subject with the you know, the brain tumour, which I also thought was done well. I mean, I don't know. I don't really know anybody close closely that's had a brain tumour, but it sounded, um, Johnny's experience of it sounded fairly authentic to me. I thought that was well done. But it, she did she did really lighten it with some very funny moments. Um, for example, when um, Jamal went off chasing the sheep and came back with all the sheep poo on his feet and then they all had to get out to go and find the keys and then it was very there's some very funny bits in it yeah i mean i i i kind of like i liked and i didn't like paulina she had her moments i mean i really you got the sense that she was very uncomfortable about her family's history when she met that couple in the starbucks parking lot or something like that you sort of got a sense of you know, what her, her father had been through and, and the legacy that she was dealing with all the time. So I, I, I felt for her in those moments, but there were other moments that I just felt that she wasn't that concerned about other people, particularly, I think, Claire. Um, I mean, I think she recognized that she was the boss and she could do whatever she wanted to, but I don't think she necessarily, you know, gave Claire enough um appreciation although at the end she ended up promoting her which i thought was good so i you know i kind of like went back and forth on pauline um and one of the other things that i thought was really well done was the whole issue about corin's uh, drug dependency and just the idea that it was something that he you know that he's living with every day of his life and that he was kind of in a sort of fragile place and that he felt that he really needed to be out at sea because out at sea it was going to be a lot harder for him to get drugs. So he really wanted to go back on the ship and he worked hard to get, you know, qualified to go back on the ship. And I thought that was kind of interesting because a lot of times, you know, people don't always realize with issues of dependency that they're lifelong issues, that it's not like you beat it and then it doesn't become an issue. There's always that temptation. So I thought that was really well done, and he did seem very overwhelmed with his daughter, um, and he was trying really hard. But he definitely needed a lot of a lot of assistance in in you know in pulling his his life together. So I thought that was something that came through pretty well in the story. Okay, just a few things. 
my friend Anne would call these books, Alan can correct me, from the mystery group, a comfy Coe's book. People talk, 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 talk. There, there is a little bit of a plot. I'm more plot-driven, I, I grant you that. A uh, little more action for me, but uh, it was a book that that I, I, you know, some of them, like Jack Reacher books, I can't put down. David Baldacci, oh my God, I, I don't want to eat even and I love to eat, but I, I got to keep going. This one was a struggle. I mean, I did it because I wanted to support this group and I finished it. Uh, but Johnny, love and hate, he sure he had some good qualities. Uh, was the, maybe some of you, a lot better readers than I are smarter, can tell us about the bike, the symbolic throwing it in the lake or the, the ocean uh, type thing. You know, Corin was stubborn and pride. He had pride. I don't want a bike. You're going to get one. You know, that I've, I've done that with my son. Well, you're an idiot. Why aren't you doing this? I'm so logical. And maybe later, Dad, you were right. But at the moment, no, I'm not going to do it. And uh, I'm getting used to that finally with him, and we get along okay. But the point is that uh, it's, a, but it's a comfy, to me, it was a comfy coast book where the, the British are great at it. Let's solve the case, and they talk about the leaves for 100 pages. It wasn't that bad. Character development was good. That was the essence of the book. And I, I want to commend uh, Michelle for uh, offering that podcast because uh, Laurie Lee became a real person. I mean, it just was great. She seems like a wonderful person. Yeah, uh, yeah. A couple of comments. Uh, I, the ending, the ending did have a nice kind of neat bow on it because I, I was afraid that Pauline was was going to make the wrong decision too there. But 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 Shell's probably right. I think maybe she had decided to. I mean, there's no way you could let a business fail and all those people lose their jobs because one of your friends that worked there's daughter had done something stupid i mean come on i mean she, she would have had she should have had uh she should have had to, to step up and pay for her mistake i i don't care but uh uh so th- th- that was a nice nice bow wrapped around that so she didn't have to make her tough decision and you, you have to love tosh i mean he was a rolling stones fan come on nobody said anything about that i thought that was kind of i thought that was kind of cool and uh and I just loved that Shamal helped Johnny figure out th- that problem piston on that daggum Volkswagen Beetle that he kept working on. I thought that was uh, I thought that was a nice uh, uh, a nice thing. I, I do wish that they had at least had a little bit of a scene where they let Corin know that the ring had been found. I think that needed to have been done after making such a big stink about it all that time. But uh, that's my two cents. Thanks. Um, yeah, I wondered about that, letting him know the ring had been found, too. I thought it wasn't generous of Pauline to take Lucy in at the end. I mean, she's probably going to be the one that's going to end up doing most of the work. And I thought it was very generous of her to consider not moving forward in order to save Claire. I didn't think the Claire character was that likable. It seemed like every scene she was in, she was grouching at somebody about something and I didn't end up liking her as much. As far as Dr. Tosh, I wish they would have gone into, and I know that isn't that kind of book, but I would have liked to know how he did surgery. Did they, like, have to lower the operating table really low so he could be seated and do surgery? And how that affected the other, you know, people that were helping him do surgery. I I thought that would have been kind of interesting to know how they did that logistically. Um, Okay. I'm glad that you guys mentioned the finding of the ring. I was real disappointed um, because I know, I mean, that was kind of like the thing that really caused the major divide. Um, and if I were in a situation like that where someone had accused and it had really damaged family relationships and then I found what I thought was stolen, I would feel, I would be mortified. And, and I'm, I was wondering if that might have been part of what drove... Um, um, <laughs> I forgot her name already. Anyway, um, to take in Lucy, um, you know, out of a sense of, of feeling kind of guilty. And, and yeah, I think that that really should have been handled. I think that should have been a major apology to Corin, and it deserved at least it, it deserved at least a couple scenes, you know, in the book. Um, as far as sitting in the wheelchair and doing surgery, I had a friend who. Um, had chronic fatigue and a, and a few other 
you know, health compromised things from different accidents she'd been in. So she would get tired. She was in a wheelchair a lot of the time uh, while she was in med school. And then for doing surgery, I think that they have like almost like a lift chair, like a wheelchair where, where it can stand you up a little bit. Um, and again, depending on your abilities and your health and stuff like that, I, I think that that's what I remember um, they could do so that surgery could be performed. She went into general practitioner, so you know, as a, so she didn't have to do surgery. But I think that that's what what it was. I I might be wrong on that. Yeah, I I do agree with the bit about the ring. I think they should have made more of that. Um, as you say, it was the main issue in the book that had caused all the trouble. Um, and it didn't have as as much um, of an impact at the end when it was found. Um, you know, I thought Corin should have been, you know, told, and we should have seen a bit more about that. But um, I did think actually on the way home that when when Johnny looked at the security tapes, I thought he was going to have a seizure or or die or something before he got back in time to tell them all about it. But. Um, and the other character I liked was the dog. We haven't mentioned the dog. I've forgotten his name now. Is it General Slink or other? He was a great character as well. I really liked the dog. But uh, two interesting bits, I, I, for me anyway, was um, when they fumigated Roy's house. I mean, what a thing to have a, a tent put over your whole house and have it fumigated like that. That that was unbelievable. You know, the way he had to put all his food away and cover everything up and, and move out of the house whilst it was tented, I think they called it. And the other thing was when um, Shamal and Johnny arrived in Scotland and they were like, um, Shamal was aghast at the roundabouts and Johnny had to explain to him what they were. And um, I, I couldn't understand that. I mean, do you not, do you not have roundabouts in America? That, that seemed very strange. Uh, actually, they do have roundabouts in America. I was surprised about why Johnny had to explain them. They're horrible to cross in traffic. Uh, at, maybe Alan can describe it. I don't know. I stay away from them. But they do have them, yes. But remember that couple from Europe that drove on the right side of the road and they, the great the accident where Johnny was a hero uh, on that one. Yeah, Pauline always wrote to Corin. The only excuse I have for Pauline is a corn was on a rig out in the middle of the ocean. Maybe she felt she couldn't reach him, but there should have been something like, you know, Johnny, I would Johnny apologize. Is that, that that's for the love and hate thing, pride, great pride. No, I won't apologize. And I think the reason I was a little disturbed with Johnny was he and Sharon were in a room and corn was fighting, you know, to come back from drug, you know, a drug thing. And he said, you know, Sharon, he's not going to make it. He won't make it. Right. And you could maybe I'm too hard on him, but Sharon, what she said back was the F-bomb to him. He will make it. He will make it. And I'm proud of her. Then he said it again to Pauline later. You know, having Lucy may be permanent, kiddo. Can you handle this? So he still I know the drug things over Corin's head, but, you know, you got to have faith in him a little bit. He's trying. He was trying. And I, I like to believe that he made it. Uh, as, as I recall, uh, this is Marcia, um, Dr. Tosh wasn't going to do the surgery. He's not a surgeon. Uh, they mentioned who, who the surgeon was, and I don't remember his name. But uh, So I don't believe he was a surgeon at all. He was more the, the I don't know uh, if he was a neurologist or what, but he wasn't a, a surgeon. And, um, yeah, I guess that, I, I guess that's all I wanted to say. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. I missed that. Um, we do have roundabouts here, but we don't have lots of them, and it doesn't surprise me that there would be lots and lots of people, especially his age, who had never seen one before and certainly never driven on one. I would guess more than half the people in the country have never driven on a roundabout before. Um, one more thing about the ring that crossed my mind when I was re- thinking about it was that, in a way, it might be nice that they didn't tell Corinth because now he thinks that they have forgiven him and don't think he stole the ring, even though the ring was never found in his mind. So maybe that's a better way for him to think about it than for them to say, oh, we found the ring and that's the reason we're helping you out. No, but Cherry, I think he could have apologized, but it's not within Johnny's nature to stand there and say, I apologize. He's a tough guy. He's a, as someone said, he's got a, a heart of gold. He did back um, spend a lot of his money on Corrin's rehabilitation. But 
He wants to be a man, great pride, and Johnny would never apologize to him. And uh, right as far as they were, you're right. They, Johnny, they forgave each other, and they were starting over. And uh, they said, maybe, maybe Pauline said, leave the ring out of it. We, you know, we know. But that was the big dividing thing. I, I think maybe someday they they owe him an apology down the road when he if he does make it and everything. If he doesn't, it won't matter anyway. Yeah, I think they they, they definitely owed him an apology because that was a that that was a major a major dividing point in the family and stuff. And so, uh, 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 yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of communication, though. So you know, when you've done something stupid and and uh, you know your family's become or you become estranged from a from a from a son, uh, you need to you, you need to step up and 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 apologize, especially when you find out you were wrong. But uh, yeah, I, now I don't remember where Shamal was from. Yeah, I don't think he was from the. Florida, maybe, but uh, I, I don't think roundabouts have been real big in the South. I, I, I know Jackson's got one now near the airport, but it had none when I was growing up here. And I know, you know, this. I mean, it, it's the biggest city in Mississippi. That's still not saying a lot, though. So uh, uh, all my drive, I drove up until I was. Let's see. Forty something, and uh, 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 and ne- never came across a roundabout. So uh, I, I guess it depends on the city that you're in and stuff. But uh, I think they're probably starting to pop up more now, and, and depending on where you are. But uh, not 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 so much in the south that I've seen. Well, um, a couple of things I just wanted to mention. Um, first, as as Marcia mentioned earlier, um, I think that there's different kind of, kinds of doctors, and some doctors do surgery and some doctors don't do surgery. I can't imagine Dr. Tosh being in a wheelchair would have the ability, really, to do surgery. Surgery is, is pretty demanding, and it's hours and hours and hours, and I, I don't think that that would be an option. But certainly he could talk to patients and examine patients and look at, you know, medical records and stuff like that. But he, I don't imagine that he didn't do surgery in this case, but I don't imagine that he would have done surgery anyway. Um, I, I think I like the characters in the story that were a little bit uh, cranky, maybe, because I, I really liked Claire. I thought she was very realistic. I mean, I kind of sympathized with the fact that she was very frustrated with Pauline, that Pauline was running in and out of the office. She was going to, you know, some fancy store to buy food and to go running and get her hair done and get highlights and whatever. And, um, you know, uh, Claire was sitting there doing all the work while Pauline was coming and going. And, you know, besides that, she had, I think she was a single parent and she was taking care of her children. So I thought that was interesting. I mean, I think that's realistic that when you work in an office and you're not the boss, um, you can sometimes be frustrated with the person who runs in and out all the time if you have to sit there and actually do the work while the person is doing what they want to do. And the same thing with Johnny. I thought he was he was cranky, but he was. I found him kind of interesting. Um, although I like some of the characters that I think that were more, uh, you know, uh, easier to take. Like for example, Sharon, who was a, I thought a very giving character. I, I liked her a lot, and I thought she was she was actually very well drawn. Also, um, I think one of the reasons why Pauline would want to have Lucy stay is that she was getting to the point in her life that she felt like she didn't have children. That she had decided when she was younger that she didn't want to have children, and this was sort of like her second chance of being able to raise a child. So, even though it wasn't her son, you know, with her step grandchild, not her biological grandchild, I think that she wanted to kind of take a step back a little bit from the factory and maybe be a little bit more involved in, in this kind of, uh, you know, bonding with, with the child. So I actually thought that was nice that maybe they were going to spend time and, you know, and 
it didn't seem to me like Corin was going to be taking care of Lucy full time, and then Sharon wasn't able to do that. So I think this is this is how it's sort of reconciled. And I think as as a few of you mentioned, the the ends tied up very nicely in this story. And you know, the fact that um, Rosa didn't get into trouble and things like that, um, and the fact that they figured out the mystery of the you know who was stealing the ammonia. Um, they knew that it had to be from that meth house, but they couldn't figure out how. And it was actually Corin who told Johnny, you know, they have to have somebody on the inside. And then he sort of figured out from, you know, going on the computer and, and looking at, uh, I guess, tape and stuff like that, he figured out how, how it was done. So I, I don't know. It was, it was interesting. Um, and I Yeah, I, I thought that was also interesting. Now, as far as the apology is concerned, um, yeah, I, perhaps there should have been, you know, at least a scene or at least maybe, uh, you know, Johnny could have texted him or, or, or uh, Pauline could have texted Corin and said, I found the ring, you know, sorry, you know, that kind of thing. But then again, you know, from an author's point of view, I'm thinking, you know, maybe this is one thing that the author wants to leave to the reader's imagination. Uh, and I do feel that the ending was neat. But then again, that last chapter where Corin's on the rig and he's, you know, kind of feeling uh, lost. Uh, that kind of, you know, brought a whole aura of sadness to the book. I don't think that needed to happen. I think it book, the book should have just ended with Johnny and Pauline on their cupola, you know, looking out after they've, you know, arranged taking the baby and, and all that stuff. That's where it should have ended and not with that chapter with Corn on the rig. Cause that just, that's just a kind of a, a, dev, a kind of a, a devastating ending, I thought. I mean, you know, I mean, the ending itself was it was neat, but that last chapter, I think, should not have been there. Yeah, the ending was all very tied up, you know, neatly. But I quite like that, and I think the bit about Corin was just just to counteract that a little bit because, you know, they sort of implied that you, you don't really know what's going to happen to him in the future, and it, it might not go well. But. Um, you know, I, I I liked the ending. It it sort of fitted the book, but I didn't like Claire very much. I thought she was quite rude and snappy, and um, I know that she was looking at Pauline and thinking, you know, about her rushing out, and going out for her meals, and having the money. But but Pauline was a boss, you know. Um, you can hardly well, I wouldn't think you could hardly want her to be, you know, like a worker because she she was a boss, so. You know, she'd have to take that into consideration as part of the friendship. If you, your friend is your boss, then they are going to have um, perks that that you don't. Um, and the other the other person I like was Sharon as well, and the, the way they talked about her organising everybody, uh, which was quite lucky at the accident. She got everybody organised, and just all through her life, she organised everybody from her husband to her ex-husband and all the family. Uh, you know. And she said when the baby came along that she wasn't going to start again organising another person from day one, which I thought was good because she loved, you know, she did love Lucy, but she just didn't want to start with another person. So I thought that was good. And um, also, I mean, Johnny and Corin helped each other with their problems. Um, Johnny saving Lucy in the accident was uh, what Corin needed, and Corin giving Johnny the answer to his problems at work telling him about the security cameras so in the end they both fixed each other's problems um both you ladies great analysis here um i think it was abby they didn't need the corin chapter i must say because i wanted to finish it it said a hundred percent i said oh thank god we're done they're on the balcony looking at the stars then they go corin oh my gosh where are they finding room for this and uh, it we we didn't need it i i wonder if the author if Corin will end up, I'm dreaming here now, if he would go back and help Johnny run the ice house, you know, down, or would they just be fighting totally on that? It, it looked like Jamal is okay. Uh, a driver. I thought Johnny was going to put him through four years of college. And I think Jamal was from Detroit for some reason. It rings about, but he is a wonderful, wonderful boy. And uh, uh, Johnny's lucky that he found him uh, with Jerry, you know, his neighbor and all that. And he found him as a driver and uh, and so forth. But, uh, yeah, I, I really don't think they needed the land. And also, uh, Pauline had a lot of pressure on her with that Sam talking all the time, right at her desk all the time, uh, Johnny with a tumor, and she was mad at Johnny for going to Scotland. I'm going, I'm going, I don't care what you say. 
And she goes, you can't fly. You know, my God. And she was mad at him. And she told him, when you get home, I'll be mad again. I'm going to talk to you, you know. So uh, she is the CEO, and we may not like it, uh, but Claire was not the boss. If she didn't like it, then leave. And, but they did promote her. Uh, but Claire, maybe Roy will, and, and she will get together. They are a little bit anyway. And um, I don't know that Rosa appreciated the favor that Pauline did there. She just said, oh, you know, he's not my boyfriend anymore. It's okay till the next one. You know, uh, you can't let kids not have any consequence. I mean, at least fire her then for whatever reason that she's not doing the job. They, they certainly wanted to do that with, um, with what's his name, uh, uh, the guy in the ice house that they froze. I forget his name now again, who's a creep. I mean, they, she could have fired Rosa. Just do it. Just it was, And the last thing I want to say, I think, is can an employee, a CEO, be best friends with an employee? I don't think so. I like my principal, but we sure as hell weren't best friends. Thank you. Well, I kind of disagree about the ending. I thought it added a poignancy to the story to have Corinth kind of a sadness there because he was bound to be sad. He had to miss Lucy and realize that, you know, he was out there for the long haul. Um, I would agree with Alan about communication. I personally value it tremendously, but I think in this story, I agree with what Bob said. Johnny is not the kind of person to apologize, and that perhaps is why the author let that go. And she also let it go that Polly never told Claire about Rosa and Vickers. And I don't know that Claire would have wanted to know or not, but um, I, I don't know what the right thing was to do there. I probably wouldn't have told her either if she was my friend. And as long as Pauline talked to Rosa, I, yeah, I think she perhaps did deserve to lose her job for that. But I don't know how Pauline would have handled that either. Uh, there was something. Oh, I was going to say, I think Dr. Or Tosh could have done brain surgery. I think if you're in a wheelchair to operate on the head, you wouldn't have to lean over as far like a heart surgery or a lung surgery or something. So I wouldn't be surprised if someone in a wheelchair could do that if you could get the height right. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I think you're right. They, they probably could if... if if they were surgeon, but I don't, in his case, I don't think he was a surgeon. Like uh, uh, maybe it was Marcia said. Uh, 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 certainly not all neurologists are, are surgeons, so uh, uh, so I think they kind of pick and choose. Uh, and I think Bob, you're right. I, I believe Shamal was from Detroit. That 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 was kind of bubbling around in my head, but I couldn't remember if that was right or not. Thanks for confirming it. And. I'm going to bring up a scene that probably nobody else paid attention to, but it caught my mind, caught my attention. There's a scene where uh, Corin is at his at his neighbor friend's house that, that cared for Lucy, and he has like a little dream sequence where he's going up in her attic, and they mention an animal called a pine marten that I had never heard of, so... Uh, I don't know if that's if those things are more common over in, in, across the pond over in your neck of the woods, shell, or if other people are familiar. I, I, you know, my echoes told me that they're members of the weasel family, but I had never heard of that animal before, so I was wondering if anybody else had. Um, well, a couple of things. Um, with with regard to surgery, I mean, surgery is is a very long, physically demanding process. And you have to be able to, you know, be in the room for six hours, eight hours. And I don't think somebody whose legs don't work well would have the physical stamina to do surgery. I mean, honestly, if I were having any kind of surgery, I don't think I'd want somebody who couldn't physically stand. I, I just, I don't think I'd be comfortable with it. So I'm not saying it's not possible with science or whatever, but I don't know that he would have the physical stamina if he if he couldn't stand to to do the surgery. I think it might physically it might just be something that's too difficult. I don't know, but that would be my my guess about it. Um, with regard to Rosa, I mean Rosa was just she was young. She was naive. Um, she did things that young girls do, which is you know to put faith in men that you shouldn't be put faith in, in men, you know, certain men. You know, she was fooled by this guy who was much older than her. And I think that she was very fortunate that she didn't get into trouble because lots of times 
people get involved with the wrong people and they get into all kinds of trouble. And I think that she was fortunate in this case that she didn't get into trouble. Um, and, uh, you know, Pauline, I think, cared a lot about Claire and, and didn't want to put her through that, that situation where her daughter would be arrested. Um, so I think she had a, a real dilemma to think about. Um, and fortunately, she didn't have to, to make that decision. And with regard to the ring, I, I just thought that was the tip of the iceberg. I thought that they had a long history with Corin, that he had been in and out of rehab, that he came to Florida and he was stealing different things in the house and, and, and they sent him to all kinds of expensive rehabs and they mortgaged their uh, retirement savings and things like that. So, you know, I think the ring, to me at least, was sort of the last straw and that was the thing that they just said enough already you know, he stole the wedding ring and or the engagement ring, whatever it was, and you know, it was it was kind of enough. But for me, it was just like the the sort of the tip of the iceberg. You know, with drug dependency, as I mentioned earlier, it's it's a lifelong issue. It's an issue that stays with you forever. And I thought I did really think that it was smart that he realized at least that he needed to remove himself from the circumstances of the temptation. I don't know if you can get drugs on a ship, but I guess it was a lot harder than being in, in a city and, and having more access to drugs. So I think he had a hard situation that he, I don't think he could have taken care of his daughter. I think he was doing his best, but I think he was in over his head. And I think coupled with the drug dependency, he was really, really in over his head. So somebody was going to have to take care of the little girl. And, um, and I'm sure if Pauline and Johnny didn't do it, then I would imagine that Sharon would have ended up doing it. Yeah, I thought that bit was very well well done because it was so sad for Corin when his uh, girlfriend, I don't think she was his wife, was she? Uh, well, I don't know. Yeah, they were married, weren't they? It was very sad when, um, you know, she was uh, taken into prison and, um, you know, he tried so hard to get them both clean for the baby and it was just, you know, just so hard for him and you could see how he was doing everything to just stay away but... Um, you know, it wasn't that he'd given up and he felt all free of it. He was tempted all the time to go back. So, you know, I would think on the oil rigs would be perhaps the best place for him. But, um, and to answer your question, Alan, yeah, we do have pine martins here. We have quite a lot of them. In the, never heard of one in anybody's house, though, but they're in the forests and the uh, moors. Um, they are small weasels and they've got ferociously sharp teeth. And I don't know why they do, but they, what they do, they strip the bark off trees with their teeth. I'm not sure why they do that, but that's what they do. And they have declined in numbers recently. Um, just a couple of months ago, they saw the first pine martin on the Yorkshire Moors for, I think, about 30 years. And so they were celebrating the, the fact that they'd seen one. So they have decreased in numbers, but uh, they still are here. But I've never heard one in anybody's house before. That's really cool. Thanks for sharing that with us. Uh, maybe they strip bark off trees to eat the bugs underneath. I don't know, but I'd never heard of that animal, too. I'm glad I, Alan mentioned it. Well, And remember that Pine Martin was in his nightmare, so probably, in, you know, he was up in the attic, but so that was a nightmare. It was a dream. It wasn't real. Um, can you? I don't know if you can hear me, but that's done. I think they have wheelchairs that can get up to eye level now. It, but I don't think you could do any surgery with it, but the, for about $35,000, you can get a wheelchair that'll get you up to the eye level of the person, raise up and down. So maybe that would work. I just want to leave you with this thought. And Don's heard it before. Every time I make the mistake of saying, and I'm only talking about blind people, I'm not an expert on wheelchair, wheelchair guys. Every time I think that a blind guy cannot do this job, no way can he be a chemist or a physicist or a teacher or a lawyer, someone in the country is doing it. So uh, Tosh didn't choose surgery. I, I, he played golf, though. I can't believe how he could play golf. Maybe you guys can explain it to me. You need legs and back and, and arm strength and all that. And he said, Johnny, we're going to have that golf game, and I'm pretty good, and I'll bet he is. So... Uh, no, I, I would think first if the surgeon could save my life, how he did it, well, if he stood on his head, if he could do it. And secondly, my cardiologist was not a surgeon. She referred to the uh, cardiology hospital, 
but she could analyze, she could read angiograms, etc. And she said, no, now we go to the surgeons. So this is what's done a lot of times. At least they did with me. Thank you. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I, I know people in wheelchairs do marathons, and they some of them have incredible upper body strength and stamina because they work out and stuff. But in any case, in this case, he wasn't a surgeon, so it doesn't really matter. Um, overall, I thought the book was really good, and I'm glad we read it. I would probably check out the other book, and if the plot appealed to me, I would definitely give it a read. Um, uh, the, the how Dr. Tosh would have done surgery is definitely would be interesting, but it's really not relevant to the story. This is the story of Johnny and how he manages to mend fence with Corin and all that. It's not really about Dr. Tosh. So I can see why she didn't include, you know, uh, go into a lot of detail as to how he, you know, he would do surgery if he did do surgery or whatnot. Because from an author's standpoint, it's really not relevant to the story. Well, I'm just going to uh, interrupt just for a second here because I know we're, we're coming upon the, the end of the hour. Um, so Sherry and I just wanted to mention that um, starting next month, which is uh, September, <laughs> I think it's September 7th actually is the next time that we're meeting, which is Friday, we're going to be meeting uh, one hour earlier. Um, and the reason why we decided to, to do this is, is actually mul- multiple reasons why. It's something that, honestly, I've been thinking about for, for quite a while, and Sherry and I discussed it, and for both of us, I think it would, it would work better for us. Um, I know most of the groups meet at 9 p.m. Eastern Time and 6 p.m. Pacific Time, and uh, certainly we understand if people's schedules, you know, if it's... If, people's schedules don't allow them to come, um, and we hope that that's, that's not the case. Um, but going forward, what we're going to do is we're going to meet at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, so it would be 7 p.m., you know, going, sorry, going. We lost you. Try that again now. Sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, um, so we're basically we're going to be meeting one hour earlier. Um, it just, for me especially, it works actually much better. Um, Saturday mornings are a, a time that I have to be up very, very early. And um, so even though it's not that late, when I finish, I, I live in New York, so I finish at 10 o'clock at night, and it would be easier for me to, you know, have the discussion between 8 p.m., 8 to 9 p.m. rather than 9 to 10 p.m. So um, both of us hope that this doesn't inconvenience anybody, um, but it, it is something that we're going to try uh, starting in September. And um, now and later on, of course, we'll tell you what, what our book is for September. Well, does anyone have any more comments about this book? If not, I will tell you about the next one. Let's hear about the next book. Well, as they say on Monty Python, and now for something completely different... I'm seeing Mike available. Can you guys hear me? You're good. Okay. Um, The next book is completely different. It's called One Perfect Lie by Lisa Scottaline. And let me find the DB number here. I put it up in the chat text, and now, of course, I can't find it with Zoom text. Give me a second here. Hmm, I don't even see it up there. Oh, well, in any case, it's called... One Perfect Lie, and you can probably find it by that, and I'll put the DB number in the um, newswire, and it's by Lisa Scottaline, that's S-C-O-T-T-O-L-I-N-E, and this this is a suspense book of the highest order. It does have some character development in it. There's some families in this little town that it's about, but it starts out with a guy who's applying for a job as a teacher in a school, and he's not a teacher, and he clearly has something to hide. And before he goes in to apply for the job, and I'm not spoiling anything, this is in the beginning of the book, he's thinking about what kind of kids he can find to help him with his plot. And you start wondering what kind of plot he has in mind for this school. And it's a really, I thought it was a real page turner. So hopefully people will like that. And as Michelle said, in September we'll be beating at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, the DB number is 87759. And have I heard her name pronounced Lisa Scottolini or did I make that up? 
that's how that's how uh, screen readers pronounce it. At least uh, at least eloquence voices pronounce it Scottolini, but it is Scottoline. And I've read a few of her books, and she is good. Well, it could very well be Scottolini. I don't. I, I, it's funny. I don't remember Jaws pronouncing it that way, but it could have. Well, she's Italian, and and I've heard her name pronounced Lisa Scottolini as well. And I, this is the only book of hers that I've ever read. But she does a series called Rosado and Associates, and she she used to be an attorney, so she has a, a legal background. So, and you and you'll see in the book that there's a little little bit of legal stuff, but I don't think as much as as in her other series. Well, I'm looking forward to this one. I don't think I've read any of her books before, unless it was a long time ago. So, uh, But I know a lot of my friends like her, so I'm looking forward to that. And, um, yeah, having an hour earlier, it certainly will suit me better. So that will be smashing. Um, yeah, that would be really helpful. Well, great. I'm looking forward to it. I've not read this. I've heard it mentioned before, and uh, I'm not sure I've read any of her stuff. So thanks for everybody's comments. I enjoyed the discussion.